0: host Dino L.
1: Okay so Dean on today's topic we're talking about keeping the dream alive okay so I got this quote from Dr. King and it says if you can't fly then run if you can't run then walk if you can't walk then crawl but whatever you do you have to keep moving forward
0: that's right that's right
1: and so we have a guest today that can talk about keeping the dream alive, talking about moving forward. She is um, here from Georgia, she is an educator, but what you all don't know is that she is a trailblazer and helping to integrate Georgia schools in Newton County. Yes. We have our very own Miss A. Kate Benton Jackson joining us. Thank yes. you so yes. much. <laughs> Thank you for joining us here on Speak yeah. Out
0: today. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Miss Kate, and I'm going to call you Miss Kate. Okay. What was it like being the first minority students to integrate Newton High School over 50 years ago under the Freedom of Choice form? Because you were placed in an environment as an activist. Speak out on that.
2: I didn't feel that I was a trailblazer back in the day. We just did what we were told to do. Uh, I remember when, I don't know whether it was all over Georgia or just in Newton County, but the summer of 1965, my mother received a Freedom of Choice form that she filled out. And as she was filling it out, my brother, my oldest brother, Doug, was home from the service. And mom asked me if I wanted to go to Newton County High. And I told him, no, I just finished uh, Washington Street School. I'm thinking I'm going to the black school. I get to ride the bus. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when I got there, mama said, well, if you don't want to go. And so my brother spoke up then and said, do you think they're better than you at Newton County High? Mm -hmm. And I told him, no, you know, nobody's better than me. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It got to the point that he dared me. I dare you to go. And, of course, when he said that, I take up a dare in a minute. <laughs> and the first thing that came to my mind was, okay, I'm going. Didn't realize that my mother was not going to give me that option. You were going anyway. I was going anyway. Gotcha. Wow. But she put it to me in a way that made me challenge myself. Mm. And so she signed the form, and, and we were ready to go. And I don't think it dawned on me what was happening until
0: the first day of school. So you say we were ready to go. So how many students was it total that that entered Newton High School that year?
2: That first year was there were 14 of us but my sister was in the 11th grade or junior that year and my younger brother went to fifth grade at E.L. Fickwood that year. So we we all started, when I say we, I was thinking about my family, but mm-hmm. there were 14 of us that actually went into Newton County High that first year. Wow. 14,
1: okay. Wow, and and, and what year are we talking about
2: this again? This is the year 1965, 66 school year. So tell us about the first day of school. That's scary. <laughs> the first day, I think we met every... I don't know how often we met, but we met at one of the black churches to talk about what it was going to be like to go to to an all-white school. We were told that we were not supposed to fight. Don't ignore whatever they did to you. Just take it and go. You know, just keep on doing it because you know you're going there to learn. Wow. Well, the first day of school, everybody, we were supposed to be carpooled to school. Okay. For some reason, they forgot forgotten my family. <laughs> <laughs> so my mother had to find us a ride to school. We got to school, and my sister and I uh, were in high school. She was in 11th grade. I'm in 9th grade. Okay. And I kept thinking, okay, I'm late, so I know I'll go straight to my classroom. I won't have to go to an orientation or meeting in the caf- auditorium or whatever. But as we got there, my sister went on to her classroom. They told me to wait. I had to go into the auditorium, oh boy. which was filled with children. Mm. I walked in, and as I got to the doorway, I started hearing boo, and my nigger, and all these names wow. hurled at me. Mm. And I walked across, I remember walking across, because there were two um, set of seats, and then an aisle. And as I got to the aisle, I'm looking up, trying to see where do I sit in this crowd of people. Finally, I saw a patch of black people sitting in one area, so I walked up there between all the jeering and, and everything, and mm. sat down with them. And then, as they talked to us, I kept thinking, "Okay, we're going to be placed in homerooms." And I said, "Okay, I'll have another black in my room because that was a girl whose last name was Clay." I said, "Okay, A B C. My name was Benton. Ah, I kept I thinking, A B C. I'm mm. going into a classroom. I'll be okay." They cut it off right at uh, C, I can't think what it was, C-H or C-something. Mm-hmm. And so she ended up in another classroom.
0: So you were isolated. And I was
2: isolated in that wow. classroom. And the, my homeroom teacher was a uh, coach at the school. He, he, when we went to our classroom and he called the roll, I don't know whether it started that first day or it started before that first day. But when he called my name, right before he got to my name, somebody would yell out, little orphan. And he would say, Annie. And he never corrected anyone in that classroom. Never said a word. Just kept going with the roll. I don't even know if it can, continued the whole year, because I can't remember that. But that mm. one thing stayed with me, or stays with me.
1: And and f- because we introduced you is. Kate Kate. Mm Vincent, Jackson. So for those who don't know, explain the reason why they were calling you Little Orphan.
2: My first name was Annie. Okay. And from when I graduated from high school, I cut the Annie off my name.
1: Mm.
2: Stopped using it. And I did a Kate instead of Annie Kate.
0: To this day, do you know know what the name Annie represents?
2: You told me that, and I appreciate that, Grace.
0: Yes, (laughs) biblically.
2: Well, I was named after two aunts, my aunt Annie Mae and my aunt Emma Kate, and I should have been very proud of my name.
0: And you are. But it's just that you have been... That stigma sticks yes, in my head. It brings back memories. It does. And this,
1: uh, and this is on your, on your first day. I mean, <clears throat> high school is scary enough as, you know, starting your freshman year. Right. And so to come in on the first day and to walk into an auditorium of other students, not even knowing you, not knowing who you are, and to be booed and to be called out of your name is just...
0: It was Her- difficult. It h-
1: horrific, you know. And so, but before you went, this these were some of the things at the church they were trying to they were trying to prepare you all for to be aware of. But I
2: don't think they, they ever really knew the extent, right? But of, you know, even though we had seen things on the news happening with the protests or marchings and things like that, mm-hmm. I don't think it had. You know. You, Things on television, you put far away from you. Absolutely. Yeah, unless it happens right to Directly close to at home. Mm-hmm. They were marching downtown in Clevington, several, several people were. And it was to get equal rights in the um, hiring process okay. at the stores downtown. Mm-hmm. And for so many years, there was only one black in each store downtown. Wow. And one of my good friends, and I worked at one of the stores downtown, too, and one of the girls that worked in there that was first hired at Cohen was Christine Blackshear. And I talked to her before her death, and she was telling me a few things that they had done to her that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Such as? When she, when she went for her interview, they took her downstairs in the basement for her interview. Wow. And they offered her $1 a week. $1? One dollar. And what was the going rate then at the time? I have no idea what the I'm rate sure was. More what than a dollar a, dola- a, dollar a, a week. A dollar a week. He said that's all that he could afford. But after they, she, they didn't think she would accept it, and she did. Ah, that was the
0: that reason. That was
2: the reason I ah. think it was. But after she got in there, and they fell in love with her, mm. they really did. Wow. And everybody talked about Christine for the longest time. I just loved that girl.
0: You mentioned that. You had all of these problems when you went to this white school, Newton Mm -hmm. County, but you also mentioned that you had some problems with the black schools as well, if you had to attend. Can you elaborate on that? When uh, we
2: first attended Newton High, some of us were um, carpooled, and some of us met at R.L. Cousin and they had a bus that delivered them to Newton High. Okay. And in the afternoons, they would get back on the bus and go back to R.L. Cousin and get on their right buses or whatever. And one time we had to go over to R.L. Cousin because I don't know what the reason was, but mm-hmm. anyway, when we walked down the halls there, they sort of did the same things that, that happened at Newton High. When you walked down the halls at Newton High, it was like parting the Red Sea. Hmm. People moved to the side, and some people in the backs were throwing spitballs mm. or things at you and wow. that kind of thing. Wow. And when we went to R.L. Cousin, we were just told that you're just educated fools for doing that, that like you shouldn't be doing that. So we didn't know some... Well, I don't know about... I can't speak for everyone, but me. I didn't know whether I was doing right or wrong. Mm. Wow. Because,
0: because you were getting it from both sides. I was getting ends. it from both sides. Wow.
2: And, and then, but I never went to R.L. Cousin. Let me say this. I never attended R.L. Cousin for one day. I went straight from Washington Street, the elementary school, to Newton County High School. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. and I, And my going over to R.L. Cousin was to catch a ride or something. Mm-hmm. That's, that's about it. But basically people didn't appreciate... Some people didn't appreciate us going to the white school. We mm-hmm. were traitors. Wow. Mm. And, you know, I found out that um, you have to do what you have to do. Yes. And you have to keep a stiff upper lip. Yes. And keep it going. Because... You, I'm go sorry.
1: Ahead. Sometimes, uh, you know, in the role of being an activist, whether you realize it or Absolutely. not... Because we're... As long as you're you're serving, you are an activist. But... You don't know in the middle of it, a lot of times, if you are doing the right thing. You know, you don't know, you, you feel you're, you're doing it because you feel like this is the right thing to do. But sometimes it's not after you put in the work that you're able to see the benefits of your sacrifice to say yes. I did the right thing by following my heart and doing this, or I did the right thing by doing that. Because as you said, some people thought you were traitors. the same people would celebrate you now on both sides of the fence. But at the time, it it didn't feel like you were being heroic. It didn't feel like you were making a difference. Um, um, but you were. And so how did you and your family, because you you attended Newton High School all four years, correct? You graduated from there. Yes. And I know that there are a thousand one stories in that, but how did you stay encouraged and focused, even on your education, those four years?
2: The difficulty was, you know, all we saw were a sea of white faces. Something I wasn't used to. But when we got to the cafeteria, we were cheered on by the staff there. Wow. Most of the lunchroom staff, I think the only person that was white in the lunchroom was the manager. Yes. And all the workers were so glad to see us. If we bought lunch that day, we got extra on our plates. Uh (laughs) (laughs) And they cheered us and they just... Uh, the uh, custodians cheered us, and halfway took care of us in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Um, they watched out for us in the bathrooms and things like that. Some of them did. Um, I just wish I could have thanked them more. Mm. Mm.
0: I think for you thank. I think you thanked them a lot for being there because you were a trailblazer that set a precedent for the next generation, Annie.
2: Yes. You know, I didn't know, and none of us knew at that time what we were doing. Mm. We just did what we were told to do. Mm-hmm. When we went to um, the meetings, and my uncle, John Clack, was involved with the NAACP at the time, and he was a, he was an activist now. Got you. He was the one that told us, this is what's going to happen. Um, this is what you do, and straight with it. Mm. And his daughter, Patricia, my cousin also attended there. She was with uh, my sister Gwen as a junior that year. We had three seniors that were black. Um, There were seven um, juniors and then there were four freshmen that started that year.
0: Got you. That total 14. Mm -hmm. Annie, tell me this. Um, How did the death of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. impact you as a student at Newton High?
2: We cried when he died. When we heard he had been shot, it was like a, a spear that went through through me, especially. I kept thinking, what do we do now? Mm. Our lead, it was like a leader is gone. Wow. Mm. And the day they uh, had his funeral, I remember that well because all of the Black uh, students took off that day. And I don't know, I don't remember who went to the funeral or whatever, but I just told I told my mother, I want to go, I don't want to go to school, I don't want to go to school, but she made me go to school. Mm. And it just so happened that my uncle must have talked her into letting me go with him to the funeral. He had a uh, station wagon at that time, and he loaded the station wagon up, and we traveled, they picked me up from school, and we traveled mm-hmm. to the funeral. And my cousin was attending Clark that particular year. Mm-hmm. And so we met her there and she took us around to get to where the um the mule drone wagon was mm-hmm. gonna go through the gates. Mm-hmm. And just as he got to the gates and they turned to go in and we were snapping pictures and everything, uh I fainted. It oh. was so hot wow. that day that I just passed out. Mm. And they took me back over to the college, so I didn't get the chance to see anything else. But uh, f- according to the, I mean, with the funeral, or anything. But the lady who, well, it was a lady who went with us, Mrs. Grimes, she got the best photos of the whole family sitting there at the funeral, wow. yeah. and it was just touch. I thought, golly, she lost a raincoat in the process, but. At least uh, she got great pictures, (laughs) which we've never seen. She's gone on now. Oh, wow. But we never got a chance to see those pictures again. And I wish now that uh, we had copied some of her pictures or something. But, you know, during that time, nobody thought of doing things like that.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And and, and so... uh, After Dr. King's death, and you had to you returning back to school because by now you're a junior, Mm -hmm. is it okay? So you're in your junior year of high school. Had the atmosphere changed in the school after Dr. King's death for you, your for your junior and senior year?
2: You know, everything calmed down because more blacks were attending at that time. Mm -hmm. I think that the idea was, like I said, was to phase in integration within four years. Mm -hmm. They sent sent out the freedom of choice forms and then each year, I don't know whether they repeated it each year until 1969, Mm -hmm. or whether people, but each year more people came in to the schools there. And so it was getting to the point that I guess we were being tolerated I think, or uh, because there were actually so many uh, whites there that did want truly to be friends. Yes. And they, they treated us nicely. Some of the teachers had changed and some of the teachers um, would die hard. And we knew who didn't like, um, had race, racial issues mm-hmm. and we knew who didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: uh, several, I noticed when we got to our reunion, I kept thinking, oh my goodness, I'm going to see some nasty people that treated me nasty Mm -hmm. but I didn't. Everybody was so so warm and and loving and I said, okay, now this means that age does mellow you. Yes, yes. It does affect you plus all the experiences you've had during that time. Uh, Several people were teachers in Mm -hmm. my class and I kept thinking you had to teach blacks, you had to work with blacks
1: mm-hmm.
2: see we didn't have a black teacher in in our school for so long I think uh, we had uh, one teacher who was a shop teacher mm-hmm. and so there were very few black teachers that that we even saw mm-hmm. that I saw wow. during my time there at all but there were several young and they were very young um, white instructors who were kind mm-hmm. and I think um, the older ones were so were the ones that were so set and stern in their ways about integration.
0: Well, mm-hmm. let's go back to uh, your time at Newton High School. Was there any of your classmates in particular that you remember, and if so, why? Um, one fella, Leroy Goodman,
2: I love that guy. He, uh, whenever they told us not to fight, he, he tried his best not to fight but he got into more fights <laughs> and and I think uh, he was expelled a, quite a few times, I think, but he was well respected. And I think, I don't know whether it was because of his fighting back mm-hmm. that made him be more respected or whatever, but he was a good person. His family is a wonderful family. And he did his best to represent, and he mm-hmm. did well. But um, cause Was there others? There, you know, I... I After our reunion, I renewed my um, friendship with quite a few of my classmates Mm -hmm. and Marie Williams and I talked about how no churches have ever or during Black History Time, nobody's ever asked us. The questions that you guys are asking now wow. mm. no one has ever asked about our experiences wow and we have never talked about our experiences together you've kept them in inside? we kept them inside wow. i don't remember and i said they did the best our um adults that were supporting us at school and, mm-hmm. and pushing us to go to school they did the best they knew how to do but they didn't realize that they should have gotten us together to talk mm. about wow. our experiences yes. and to share some of the things that were happening. She told me one of her experience. Marie told me one of her experiences that I had never heard before, that she was taking shortcuts to get to the gym and she was cornered by some guys. They kept, they didn't, I don't think they touched or anything like that, mm. but they would talk, say ugly things, mm. you know. And so basically... I didn't know that. And she didn't know about my experience mm-hmm. that I had had. And so I started asking some of the other people if they had experiences. And this girl came um, the second year, our, our sophomore year. And she was telling me she didn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I guess I know why. She played basketball. Ah, okay. Athlete. And she was an athlete. Mm-hmm. And so basically she helped them to win Trophies. Mm -hmm. She won several trophies and stuff. Mm -hmm. So basically she was... um, I I think you're acceptable. At that time, I I felt like you were acceptable if you offered something that we need.
0: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And
2: because we were just there and part of the scenery. And they were nicer to the custodians and nicer to the lunchroom staff than they were to us. Wow. And I kept feeling like it was because they... Were serving them, mm-hmm. and as long as you are serving, you're okay. Okay. And nobody had experienced you No, know your place. They were right, but not not many people had experienced just getting to know someone of another color, right, yes. on equal terms, just
1: one on one, sitting next to you, and um, being being students and colleagues together, right, right. seeing
0: you as human, yeah,
2: absolutely. And- We've had they've had so many other experiences, mm-hmm. and so many of them have had opportunity to have worked or um, not just a maid in your house, you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing. You've had somebody that you've had to be a chance to get close to. I've, like a lot of people like to say, I've got several black friends, mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. and I got tell cold. them now like, that's cold. But now I say I got several white friends. Uh-huh. <laughs> but... Um, my friends are friends, and I can, I can read that in people now and discern whether it's a good spirit yes. or it's a bad spirit. Mm-hmm. And I choose who I want to get close to. Mm. So it's a choice.
0: So, Annie, you went on to become an educator in the Georgia school yes. system. As a retired educator, what are some of the experiences that you endured as a student that you refuse to let your students endure? I don't call kids names. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: I don't allow anyone else to call a child a name. Mm -hmm. And right now I still sub. I taught 41 years in school systems. And it was only two schools that I ever taught in. And then one in Social Circle and one in uh, Monroe that went from Monroe Primary to Blaine Street to a new school called Harmony Elementary School. And I don't think the kids can appreciate what they have mm-hmm. because they haven't had a chance to be without. Mm. I appreciate indoor toilet services <laughs> because I had to, to go outside to the outhouse. Mm-hmm. So now I can appreciate that. I think that uh, whoever in, uh, invented indoor toiletry <laughs> should be the richest person in the world. <laughs> But I have nothing to do with I, that. But I, I, appreciate, I, them I well. appreciate it even more because I know where I came from and what I, what I had to endure.
0: How did you get your first job? As, uh, in, uh, I worked CC. in social circle social first. Social
2: I, um, when I uh, went to school, I went to school at Savannah State, and my mother always told me, have a backup plan. Well, I went to school and all I ever wanted to do since I was in grade school was be a teacher. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, I used to play school and pull people off the street to come play in my classroom. <laughs> I think they hated to see me coming out and say, come on, play with me. But school has always been a great part of my family. Mama believed in us getting an education. Okay. Yeah. So because of that, I thought, okay, that's all I ever wanted to do. Well, Mama said, have a backup plan. So I ended up saying, okay, I let teaching be my backup plan. I never had a number two plan. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I end up uh, going, I was working with uh, Christine at Cohen. I was the second black to work in that store. They had, um, and I just loved working there because they got a chance to know me Mm -hmm. and they actually liked me because I wasn't pushing to take their customers away Mm -hmm. from them. Mm -hmm. I'm not a salesperson. Mm -hmm. I found out. But when I, um, her husband, Christine's husband, Johnny B. Blackshear, was a principal down in Social Circle, and if I, I, kept saying, well, if I can't get a job anywhere else, I can get a job in Social Circle. I waited until I think it was the um, September, and uh, I hadn't found anything else that I wanted to do, and I said, okay, I'll go ahead and teach. Mm-hmm. Well, they had openings down in Social Circle, and I talk to um, Mr. Blackshear, and he he hired me on the contingency, because I didn't get a contract. Mm-hmm. He hired me on the contingency that I would teach reading to six, seven, eighth eighth graders. Okay. And I said, OK, I can do that. And so once I got started, he told me that, um, well, we're just going to see, uh, and we'll let you know when you're going to get a contract or whatever. It finally got to January and I said, look, I need a contract to know whether I'm working here or not, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know. So finally they went ahead, gave me, offered me a contract, but it was for the next year. I got paid all that year, of course, and then uh, came back the next year and worked there. And I stayed in social circle for about seven to eight years Mm. And then I decided after some disagreement <laughs> that mm. I needed to move on. Okay. And I said, you know what? There were so many issues with kids not knowing how to read.
0: Mm. In wow.
2: sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Yes, still today. And I kept saying, there's got to be a reason. So I decided, okay, I'm gonna go to first grade. I'm gonna see if I can go to elementary school. Wow. I went to Walton County and applied for a job. And see, Social Circle's of city school. Mm-hmm. So when I went to Walton County, they're separate. It's okay. not the same, even though they're in the same county. Okay. When I got to Walton County, they said that uh, they didn't have any openings. So I went to a funeral of one of my aunts in Cleveland, Ohio. And I called my mom, and my aunt had talked to me into staying up there. She, I said, Mom, I'm going to stay in Cleveland. I'm not coming back home. She said they had been trying to get in touch with me because they, they, wanted, to do, no, they wanted to file a lawsuit against what? Walton County because they were not hiring enough blacks wow. in the school.
0: Okay.
2: And they said, if you come back, try to get a job, and they don't hire you, they can use you in a lawsuit. Mm. I said, okay, then, then they said the magic words. You would get paid for that whole year even if you didn't work. I said, I'm on my
0: way.
2: <laughs> I came back and went over to Walton County, talked to the superintendent about getting a job. He sent me to Monroe Primary, and I talked to the principal there, and he was so nice. He was the nicest man. He talked to me for about 30 to 45 minutes, and then he said, let me show you around the school.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: And he showed me around the school, and he looked this big, I had this, We took me to this large room. He said, this would be your classroom. And I said, I'm thinking, you haven't said I got the job. Why are you showing me this classroom? I'm, I'm thinking of a lawsuit coming right. up. Right. And he said, no, you did. Th- you start Monday. I think it was like a Thursday or Friday. And I said, okay, thank you. And I stayed there for all my years of teaching. Wow. wow. And I left for six years and ended up in a daycare center. Running, I ran a daycare center here in Atlanta for about um, six years. So so, you, you, I'm sorry, go okay. ahead. I, I, so you,
1: you started off in social circle, which you were teaching... Reading to to middle school. Uh-huh. And that was in an all-black school.
2: Is that correct? It was predominantly black. Predominantly but it, black. They, Social Circle was such a small town that I think they bused their kids back in the day, I don't know, to Monroe. Okay. So that may be the difference. But there were white kids there too. So oh, it okay. wasn't predominantly black. Okay. But the majority of their students were black.
1: It's interesting you found yourself... Um, Becoming an activist once again mm-hmm. in education and not even knowing it when it came down to the hiring practices yeah. here in Georgia and being able to hire um, African-American teachers. So that's, You know that's what? Very it, I guess it's just
2: tra- the transition was so easy mm-hmm. and I didn't feel like I was being pushed or uh-huh. had to do anything. It was my decision. And I didn't feel like I was really an activist. And, mm-hmm. you know, that, that word is sort of foreign to me, mm-hmm. even though I hear people talk about it. I think about uh, Jesse Jackson mm-hmm. or even Dr. King as activist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there were so many others. Even though I might have done something in a small way, in a small town, and people consider, some people consider it, not many people do consider it as being active an activist.
0: I think they do, but I I don't think they understand how to explain it. I think when you explain some of the experiences that you encountered that still affect or resonate with you today, then you will realize that you were an activist. You just didn't realize it. So are there things that you experienced that still resonate with you today?
2: Well, uh, basically the name thing still gets me. I think Mm. I cry every time I think about it, but I keep it moving. I know I'm very proud of my name. I don't show it all the time. But when I think about, I've been looking up information about my family history
0: Mm.
2: and the importance of names. I don't think kids get it today. Or Mm -hmm. if you name your child, give them a meaning to that name. Yes. I've ask often, even now when I sub, and um if I hear a unique name, the first thing I ask is, where did you get your name from? Mm-hmm. Who were you named after anyone? Mm-hmm. And most of the time they can't tell me. Mm-hmm. And I keep thinking, names don't mean as much now as they did. Because if they did, people would really think about it before they named their child. Yes. Mm.
0: Wow. You said a mouthful. Then.
2: Well, I
1: can say, like you, I too is also named after my aunt. Oh, see. My aunt Jewel. So yes. Yeah. So I, I, I appreciate carrying that that name and that family name and even what the name means. So, uh-huh. um, as an educator, and you still continue to work with children to this day. Yes. How do you help how, what, how, how do you see um, inspiring young people today to keep the dream alive? Yes. Everything that you've been through yes. and um, we're in 2020? And so how, how are we to continue to keep the dream alive?
2: Make every every day count? Mm. Mm. I think I've I've spoken to a lot of the children there at the school, and we had to talk to one little girl yesterday was having issues. So many people died just so you could go to school. Absolutely. So many people uh, sacrificed so many things just so you could have a chance to get a fair education. We want you to be the best you you can be. But you've got to make it happen. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not up to me. I can't do it. I can just tell you what I've done or how things work for me. But you got to work things out. Don't go around blaming somebody else mm. for things that happen in your life. Wow. She blamed everything. Oh, they don't like me. Oh, my teacher doesn't like me. I said that should make you stronger. Mm. If somebody doesn't like you, mm. show them. Yes. Show mm. them by doing better, mm. doing the best, and be the best you you can be. That's all you can do. You're going to succeed. It's up to you.
1: And and that goes back to the quote that I heard from Dr. King earlier, you know, it, it, at the end, he says, well, whatever you do, you have to keep moving Absolutely. forward. Absolutely, You have Absolutely. to keep moving forward. We have to keep moving forward um, in terms of teaching our children, in terms of each generation moving towards uh, the dream. The, the, the dream is not about Dr. King's dream per se. Right. It is about The human spirit, the dream of the human spirit and how we treat each other and understanding where we come from. And so each generation can understand when laws were written, when it was illegal for us to read and the importance of education. And that going to school is not about what outfit you have on, what, what, you know, if you got the latest Timberlands, if you got the latest shoes. But as the old folks used to say, hey, I'm sending you to school to learn. You're not there to make friends. You're there to get an education, to build a future for yourself and for generations. And how can we, as a community, as educators, as artists, um, as podcast hosts, how can we continue to help moving forward, Dr. King's dream, with this young generation when we're competing The attention span is so short. Um, How can we continue to keep it alive, in in your opinion?
2: I think we take some, and we we are gifted with all this technology. Mm -hmm. We really are. But sometimes kids need to lose the technology so they can talk to somebody. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think a lot of our children don't know how to carry on a conversation. Mm -hmm. If I give you uh, a chance to talk to me, what kind of things? What kind of questions? Kids don't know how to form questions. Mm. Mm-hmm. They don't know how to ask a question. We've got to do more talking to our children, and and even for an hour, having to put down every technology thing they have mm. and just talk. Yes. Um, I have a friend who's got a gra- had a grandmother who I think she died at one hundred and uh, one, one hundred and two. And she said she used to sit them down every time they would get together and she would tell the story mm, of a family. Yes. So uh, I don't know how many out of all the cousins or, or grandchildren that sat down there carried it back to their kids mm-hmm. to bring them through it to, mm-hmm. so they would know. I can ask kids, are you related? And they still don't understand what I'm talking about. Mm. But if you sit them down and say, okay, and I, I don't know where you start. I see all these movies where they show um, p- grandparents or great-grandparents extended, sitting down and talking to families. people and mm. explaining, you came from yes. this. And I think about Roots, and I mm-hmm. think about mm-hmm. all those other movies, mm-hmm. and how they um, imparted their, their uh, past and their family to their relatives. We don't talk enough. We don't
0: encourage enough. Because we don't know where we're going if we don't know where we came from. Absolutely. So Annie, you have done amazing jobs with working with students. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell us about your experiences that have impacted your relationship over the 41 years? Well, all 41 were not in the, the uh, exclusive. although it was
2: working in education. It was working with educating and, students. And I think my main thing is to give them a love for learning. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want them to love the idea. And guess what I learned today? I, I remember somebody told me that every time they'd ask their child what they learned today, They said, we didn't do anything. We just went to specials, or we did this, and we went home. You know, they couldn't give them anything in between. So now we give them tickets out the door. Mm. Tell me something that you did today that could change somebody else's life. Wow. Um, I don't think enough of them realize that anything you learned that particular day can help somebody else. if nothing but your little sister or brother. Mm. Yes. Your experiences count. Yes. All the things you learn make a difference. And I said, uh, with education, you build. Kindergarten gets them ready for first grade. First grade gets them ready for the next Mm -hmm. grade. And then by the time they get in third, it's like, Oh, that's what they were talking about. Now I get it. And now I can... When you see that light come on in that Mm -hmm. head, it's just like the best moment ever. Right. When they get it, when they finally get it. Because it's
0: not about the money, is it? It's not.
2: Oh, could be. (laughs) They haven't paid me enough yet. (laughs) But just just seeing the smile on their face when they finally get the idea that, wow, she really meant good for me.
0: Mm. Wow. She really wanted me to do something good. I've often heard that kids don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Yes. So it sounds like the the students that you have touched, Annie, over the years understand one thing, and that's that you care. One
2: thing I can say, I have, uh, on Facebook, I've uh, befriended a lot of my students that I've taught. And one of the kids, when I came back and I, I was uh, subbing in a second grade classroom, And I told the little girl, I said, I taught your grandmother. Oh, generation. And she was she was so excited. She went home and told her grandmother, and I got a chance to see her one day, and she said, That was my teacher when I think luckily she had to say that she was sixth grade or seventh grade. (laughs) But my assistant, the assistant principal at the school that I am now serving in, I only sub at one school, the school I left. And now he—he's my cousin, but I taught him when he was in sixth, seventh, eighth grade. Wow! And he turned out very well. Mm-hmm. I told one of my teachers that, um, teacher friends that, um, usually, I check. Although I don't like to do it, I do check to see the um, the newspaper to see what some of my students may be doing. Okay. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's good things. Sometimes it's bad things. But I can see where some of them, how, what, how they turned out. And it's always good when I can look on, on Facebook and see that some of them turned out to be wonderful Absolutely. people. Yes. And are doing just fine. Mm. That's always encouragement right there. And not many of them can say they didn't like me. <laughs> uh, most times when I see some of my students, and I don't really remember all the names of all my students, but it's a smile on their face when they see me that makes me feel good.
0: That's a blessing. Well, thank you so much, Annie. Uh, it's been a pleasure having you tell your story, it, and speaking out.
1: It really has. Um, and uh, we we look forward to uh, perhaps seeing a book or so in the future.
2: I hope, I hope so. I, I, I everybody, you've confirmed a lot of people saying t- saying to me, "I need to write a book." Yes, I've. Um, uh, I believe I have, I do have that book in me, and I do think it's time for me to write it. Absolutely. Well, when you have the book out,
1: please come back to speak out. We'd yes. love to have you. I certainly and, <laughs> as a guest. Thank and you. Um, as we wrap up, um, I'm your host Jewel L. And I'm
0: your host Dean L. And we
1: just want to remind you: remember, you have a
0: voice. Speak yeah. out. <laughs>